Super Talk Mississippi media production. Running a business is tough. If you're struggling with HR benefits and payroll, you're not alone. Many businesses just don't have the resources to keep up. That's where MWG Employer Services comes in. We provide a full range of employer services with everything from payroll to benefits to HR services and compliance and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. We're a Mississippi-based company that can help you focus on what you do best, growing your business. Call MWG Employer Services today at 601-206-7966 or go to MWG Employer Services You're listening to Sports Talk Mississippi On Demand, presented by Pearl River Resort. Escape to Choctaw, Mississippi and enjoy world-class gaming, the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, and Geyser Falls Water Park. Escape to Pearl River Resort. From D2 to D3. With J.T. Mitchell. Best in sports reports listen here throughout the year and we are back with another episode of from d2 to d3 i'm your host jt mitchell as you can tell i'm trying to be energized went to the doctor this morning and he said that i need to cut down on my caffeine intake huh What does he know? Uh, I mean, it's just like anything good in this world. You can't have too much of it, right? But he's probably correct. He knows best, but we're going to make it through this episode and it's going to be a good one. We got a good bit to talk about. We got two interviews lined up as the coaching carousel has come to a stop. Finally, for D2 and D3 football here in the Magnolia State Millsaps announced their new head coach just yesterday, Brandon Lechtenberg. That's a name you might remember. He'll join us here in a few minutes. And then after the break, we'll have new Mississippi College head coach Mike Kershaw join us on the program as well. But first, we got a little breaking news here, and it is D3 related. If you did not know, Bill Belichick, yes, Bill Belichick, the all-time great New England Patriots coach, no longer Patriots coach. He is a D3 product. He played center and tight end up at Wesleyan in Connecticut. And I don't know if this was from his side or from the Falcons side, but long story short, Bill Belichick will not be the next head coach of the Atlanta Falcons. The Falcons announced just a few minutes ago that they are hiring Raheem Morris. He was the defensive coordinator for the Los Angeles Rams to be their new head coach. And, you know, I'm not mad. I think Raheem Morris is a great coach, deserves a head coaching gig. Bill Belichick, on the other hand, I think he is a phenomenal coach. I think he still has a lot left in the tank, but I also hate the Atlanta Falcons. Hate's a strong word. I strongly dislike the Atlanta Falcons, and I like Bill Belichick. And so I'm kind of glad Bill Belichick is not going to the Atlanta Falcons. I hope he does get a job. I don't know what that leaves open. I know the Panthers filled their vacant opening with Bucks offensive coordinator Dave Canales earlier today. Maybe Washington. Can't really picture Bill Belichick in Washington, but honestly can't really picture Bill Belichick anywhere outside of New England at this point. Um, but here we are, and he is a D3 product. So there is your factoid of the day. As always, this episode of From D2 to D3 is brought to you by the one and only Eve's Law Firm. And these are the best guys in town. I tell you every single week, 
best attorneys in the state, probably the nation. Call them now at 601-355-7961 or go online to eveslaw.com. You can even drop by their office here in Jackson, right there on North State Street, right down the road from Millsaps, where, like I said, they have a brand new head coach, and he now joins us on the program a little over 24 hours since the announcement was made, and he's already here We appreciate that more than he knows. We now welcome Brandon Lechenberg to the program. Hey, Coach, what's going on, man? How are you? Oh, I'm good, and I appreciate you having me on the the show here. Um, Excited to kind of get back to Mississippi and and, uh, talk a little football. So I imagine you have not quite yet made it here, have you? Oh, I am here. Oh, I'm you're here, in my here. office in Jackson, Mississippi, as we speak. I got in at uh, 2 a.m. on Tuesday morning and got here in time to do some paperwork and uh, and really was rolling by yesterday morning. So you're already here. You're ahead of the game. Um, so Tuesday morning, we got the word yesterday. Um, sounds like you found out that you got the job a little bit beforehand. Um, you previously coached at Millsaps from 2011 to 16. You come from Central Oklahoma, where you served as defensive coordinator. Give us some insight, if you don't mind, on how the process kind of played out in you eventually landing back here in Jackson. Well, um, athletic director here, Aaron Pelch, was the head football coach when I was uh, the defensive coordinator for him. So I spent six seasons here. My wife is from Gallman, Mississippi, just south of Jackson here. We met when I was here as the defensive coordinator and got married. So uh, I've I've had some very strong ties to Millsaps. It's a place that uh, that I grew to really love when I was coaching here and, and loved the people here the first time around. So I've stayed in very very close contact with the football program. I, I mean, still have good relationships with former players of mine. It's funny on on Saturdays, regardless of where I was coaching at in the last six or seven years since I left, uh, a lot of people are checking out the SEC score, the Ole Miss game, the Alabama. Alabama game. Uh, when I'd walk off the field, I'm Googling to see how Millsaps College did because there's former players, kids I recruited that were still a part of the football program and football team in a place that was always kind of deep in my heart. So uh, when the opportunity came back here, r- came up, um, obviously uh, reached out to Coach Pelch initially and then uh, started going through the interview process and, and ultimately led, led to where I'm at today. Obviously a special place. Uh, for you at least, was this always kind of, you know, just a hypothetical plan, maybe in the back of your head that lingers, comes out here and there that you might want to return to Millsaps one day? Absolutely. it's And that's probably why I'm here, is it never got out of my head. Uh, I mean, as you go through, this is a very transient profession. Um, people are moving every couple years or every year in some cases. I've been fortunate enough to stay places for a few years, but that was one of the draws to come here is to really put down roots and to to be able to, to grow a family and raise a family and, and raise a football program in the process of doing that. So, yeah, I think that's probably a big part of why I'm here is that that thought never left the back of my mind. Sometimes when you have inklings like that, they're, they're there for a minute and gone the next. Uh, and then you know they weren't that important to you. This one stayed. It was always a part of my thought process. Yeah, and every alumni that I've spoken to is ecstatic that you're back. And, you know, you see that relatively often where coaches, they go back to either their alma mater or just where it all started, you know, their first coaching gigs. And, and we said it here, of course, your last stop was Central Oklahoma. 
You also spent some time at Incarnate Word, uh, UT Martin. I know you started at TCU in the high school ranks. And one, one of the things that fascinates me, Coach, is you've pretty much been on every level, high school, D1, D2, D3. And everywhere you've been, you've seen success. So something has to be translating. Uh, what, what's that message that translates so well, no matter the level of football uh, or the program? Well, I mean... First of all, football is football. It doesn't matter where you're at. I mean, I think there, there's obviously talent differentials at every level. But at the end of the day, it's it's about the process that goes into winning. Um, it's about the work that goes into winning. It's about investing in, in the people around the football program. And I've been a part of, uh, you, you hit the nail on the head, I've been a part of every level of college football and, and high school football. Uh, so I've, I've really been everywhere except for the NFL at this point. Um, but that that has remained constant. Buildings don't win football games. I've been places that have nice buildings and places that don't. I've been um, brick and mortar. I've always said that, that. That doesn't win a single game. The people in the building are what matter, and that's the coaches, the administration, uh, the trainers, the strength staff, uh, and the players uh, being bought into to a common goal and, and really buying into to each other and and elements of love have been a, a big factor in every one of those programs that, that I've been a part of. I've been blessed to work for some really successful head coaches and, and coordinators that I've worked underneath. Uh, and and I was a part of that success, no doubt, but uh, but I really learned from what they did, and I'm hoping to bring that back here to, to Millsaps College. That's actually the next question, is you're hoping to bring that success back to Millsaps? When you were in Jackson the first time around, Millsaps was the top of the top of the conference. Mm -hmm. Uh, Two conference championships, a long list of accolades. And let's be real, I mean, it's it's no secret that it it has been down the last few years. Uh, That's just part of college football. Call it ebbs and flows, ups and downs, hills and valleys, however you want to put it. But the goal is to get Millsaps back to where they've been for the majority of the program's history, and that's winning. How do we get Millsaps back? That's a great question, uh, and and one day at a time is how we do it. Uh, Twenty four hours at a time. Yep. Yeah, yeah, and, 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 and as I'm finding out about one minute at a time uh, coming back in here. So I mean, I think it, it starts with the kids in the program right now. We had our first team meeting uh, last night, uh, yesterday afternoon, and and getting them moving in the in the right direction and, and building a culture, uh, really a championship culture. I'm big into that and, and trying to develop a work ethic and. And I'm not focusing on what's happened the last few years. I'm not focusing on what happened 10 years ago either. I think there's a there's an element where I want people in the program now to look back and see the pride that's been around this Millsaps College football program for so long and the alums that have been a part of a very successful program and, and a winning football program are, are anxious to get this thing back going. So it starts there. It starts with uh, building uh, building a culture that the players buy into, the coaching staff buys into, that aligns with the administration here. I think we've got great support from the administration and and really a strong desire to get this thing going. And simultaneously, we've got to uh, really reach out and and bring in a, a strong freshman class, a strong sophomore. The next two years of recruiting are going to be critical. Recruiting is critical every single year. 
but um, finding the right the right student athletes for Millsaps College, as I'm sure you know, Millsaps is a it's a great ac- academic institution as well. So we've got to find students that have the academic ability to excel here, in addition to the athletic ability to excel here. Yeah, and I do want to circle back to the academic part because there was a mark on your resume that interested me. But for, first, you had, you said you had your first team meeting yesterday. How'd that go? No, I think it went good. Um, and it was short and sweet. I mean, I think we're, we're just trying to establish the core values of the football program and uh, and kind of talk a little bit. I think over the course of the next week, I've already had a few people in here to meet me individually. I'm trying to meet with every one of the players on an individual level to get to know them a little bit and to let them get to know me a little bit. So so I think it went, uh, from my perspective, it went pretty good. I, I wasn't the one sitting in the chair listening to me talk, though. So, <laughs> so, so I'm probably not the one to ask. Yeah, um, we'll have to get some players on soon and ask, but I'm sure the reviews are great. I mean, it's exciting. It's exciting when you get a winning coach in and the start of a new era. Uh, you, you mentioned the academics, and it's no secret that being a student athlete is not easy, no matter the level, but especially at a school like Millsaps, you have to be able to succeed on and off the field because it's just a school that prides athletics, of course, but also prides academics. Um, to the utmost, and you actually serve as a complement role to your defensive coordinator position the first time around as academic coordinator. How how much does it mean to make sure these kids are succeeding in both outlets? Oh, it, it means everything. A lot of work goes into recruiting a student athlete. It is a time consuming, it is it's a huge investment to get a good football player to, to commit to coming to Millsaps College and coming into Millsaps College. If we don't surround him with the resources to be successful here, then we get him for one season and we're starting back over again. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think uh, the effort that goes into recruiting student athletes here is very important, but it is no more. I mean, equally important to that is the effort that goes into retaining them here and keeping them a part of the school. And in man, Millsaps College, I know from my original six years here, I've got a little bit of an advantage of spending time here already. The institution is an incredible institution. It's it's much bigger than just athletics, and I think that's the the great thing is is kids get into this football program they're also stepping into the biology program into the business school into the numerous other fields that we have and they're and they're getting linked up into those areas and that's been awesome to see i mean some of the former players i have that that are now out doing great things in the professional world is, is a lot of fun for me to see and i can build on that with recruitment and, and keeping players here uh, moving forward i already have that backdrop to, to point to former players and things they're doing and that have been through this football program and through this school and, and are now out successful in, in in a number of fields. It's pretty downright amazing the kind of kids that come out of Division three schools. When um, Justin LeBlanc was on with us recently, it's been a month or so ago before uh, their Christmas trip to New York, the head women's basketball coach there, hey, I wish I could remember the number or had it written down somewhere. He said something crazy like nine of the girls on his team are in pre-med. You, you don't find that many places. No, no, that doesn't surprise me one bit, and that's and that's one of the unique things about Millsaps, and, and part of part of recruiting is we can't just recruit the best football players. We we do absolutely need to target great football players, but they've got to be the right football players, um, people that want to go into those pre med fields like that. That's 
you're going to find a lot of athletes here in probably all sports across the board that are in pre-med, that are in, um, you know, pursuing an MBA eventually. So some of those some of those higher achieving fields, that, that's kind of what the school is about as, as well. So we've got to find the athletes that, that are that are on those tracks that want to go into those fields. So it doesn't surprise me that he's got nine girls that are, that are in pre-med programs. Not at all. Um, and I'm sure you're hitting the recruiting trail hard already or will be soon. Uh, you got some talent returning. Have you had a chance to sit down, take a breather and maybe think about the coaching staff yet? Uh, we're doing it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we're trying to, it, it's, uh, it's been a very busy couple days and it'll be a very busy really first couple months here. So, uh, we're in the process of, uh, building a coaching staff, uh, to come in here and help, uh, coach, uh, Corey York, who was the interim head coach here, has been a part of this football program for, I think, four or five years now and was previously on staff at Mississippi College just down the road. Uh, he's staying on as the assistant head coach, so I'm very excited that that we're able to keep him. Um, he's great, a great person and really good football coach and has done a great job recruiting at two different institutions here in the Jackson area. So he's been a huge help for me uh, kind of kick-starting this thing. Uh, but we are in the process of trying to get some other coaches hired as well. That's great news. Um, yeah, Coach York, he came on the show last season. Great guy. I'm glad to hear you're keeping him around. So, well, last question, Coach. When does spring ball kick up? I'm sure you're already working out, but when's spring ball? Oh, that. So right now, it's uh, a great question. Um, when I told you day by day, 24 hours at a time, one minute at a time, we've got a calendar kind of set with uh, with kind of our, our off-season workout schedule going on um, through through spring break. And then tentatively after spring break, we'll get into our mandatory practices and everything. Uh, that is still kind of – I haven't got that – portion of it scheduled yet how many days a week exactly what that start date's going to be so i'm kind of uh working through that i'll have that sooner rather than later but uh but we're not quite uh not quite scheduled all the way till the last day of school at this point we're kind of got the first month and a half in place and then we'll kind of move forward as we get closer to spring break to set that schedule one day at a time i I like how you put it one minute at a time you know that that, you you win the minute uh when the next minute you ultimately win the day win the next day and then the month the year etc all right coach well we really appreciate it we'll be keeping up with you guys along the way and don't be a stranger to the program uh as we move closer to the season hopefully we can get you back on absolutely man i'd love to get on uh, anytime all right coach that was brandon lechenberg new head coach at Millsaps. and when we get to the other side of this break we're going to catch up with new mississippi college head coach mike kershaw We're also going to talk about a big topic going on right now across the entire state. People outside of our D3 slash D2 world are talking about this. It's going on at Mississippi University for Women, and we'll let you know soon. Do you ever struggle with me or I or maybe further and farther? That's okay. We all do because the English language isn't easy, but we have the perfect solution for you. Pocket Grammar 24 Mistakes You'll Never Make Again is your new sidekick to making sure that those mistakes don't happen. From memorable pro tips to fun visuals, Pocket Grammar is for everyone. Whether you're a student, a professional writer, or just want to make sure that those Facebook posts you're putting out there every day are grammatically correct, Pocket Grammar is for you. Go to www.thepocketgrammar.com today. That's the Pocket Grammar.com to get yours now. 
We're back with From D2 to D3. I'm your host, JT Mitchell. Once again, thank you to all our sponsors. If you want to be part of the From D2 to D3 family, contact me, 601-502-5451. Text, phone, I don't care. Find a carrier pigeon and we will get a deal for you. And now we head back to the phone line to catch up with Mississippi College new head football coach, Mike Kershaw. Coach, it's good to get you on the show. How are you? I'm doing great. How about you guys? Oh, we're doing well. I hey, a, getting a phone call on my other phone right now while we're doing this. Is, is that the story of the offseason so far? Just phone I, calls. I, I think so. I got, I, if I had 10 phones, they would all be ringing at the same time sometimes. Same with email. Um, hey, no, we're glad to have you. Uh, I know it's been busy. You've been on the job for about a month now, and lots going on, recruiting, coaching hires, Etc. How are things going? Everything as planned so far? Everything's going great. Um, you know, you're, you're drinking through a fire hose right now, which is expected. Um, and then being obviously a, a first-time head coach, you're, you're trying to figure out how to make all this stuff happen. And so uh, it, it's been going great. We've got great leadership over here. Uh, they've helped me out with a lot of stuff. Um, everybody from you know admissions to compliance to our athletic director to our president, everyone's really done a great job with all this. So I'm excited, and we're just uh, knocking one thing off the list at a time. Well, the buzz around the Gulf South Conference is that this was a great hire. Um, I've done my research, and I tend to agree. You're no stranger to the GSC, played at Delta State, uh, played successfully, should I say, um, a conference championship or two. And, you know, you've been coaching here and there most recently at Rice the last five seasons as wide receivers coach. And before we really get into it, I just want to give you props for staying for the bowl game. You, you know, when we got the announcement that you were going to be the next head football coach at Mississippi College, it said in there that you would assume your duties after y'all's bowl game. I know it did not go as planned, but you don't see that a lot now in college football where a coach accepts a job elsewhere and then still stays for the bowl game. What did that mean to you to get that last game in? I mean, it, it, it meant a lot because, you know, you go through the you go through the battles and the wars with those guys. Um, the bowl game is kind of your you know, reward for having a great season. And we had we had a really, you know, we had a good season over there. And I wanted to see it through. Obviously, there was, you know, probably some very uh, sleepless, sleepless nights uh, while I was still over there and trying to get work done over here. Uh, but I had a, uh, like I said, a good support staff that was over here helping me out with things that just because I wasn't physically here, uh, things weren't getting done. And so we, we still got a lot of stuff done. We still got a lot of things that we had to get finished up, and we did. Uh, but it meant a lot to me to, for first off, my, my head coach at the time, Coach Bloomgren, letting me stay you know some coaches like hey you took another job you get out of here right uh but he he, he asked me he's like hey do you want to stay i was like absolutely um i want to see this thing through and yeah we did we had a good first half and i wish we'd I, maybe i wish i should have left at halftime i don't know uh, <laughs> go but, ahead head came to clinton huh at halftime yeah should have just kind of left at halftime and you know we, we would have been all right but it was important to me to do that um and just to kind of finish out the season and, you know, get one last ride with those guys because you just never know uh, when the next time you'll be at another bowl game. And so that was important to me as well. And, you know, a lot of family came down to that game. So it was kind of a, that cherry on the top to my time at Rice, which I got nothing but great things about that. And then as soon as that game was over, walking off the field, you know, I had the feeling like, all right, this one's done, and now let's let's move on to the next venture. I think it really shows a lot. And you had a successful run there at Rice 
best season since 2014, if I'm not mistaken. How quickly did you get to Clinton after the game on December 26th? So game finished up. We actually stayed there that night. Um, came back home on the 27th, packed up some – or really, since we were at the bowl game for a week, had to do some laundry, uh, <laughs> packed it up in a bag, and I was here on the 30th. So it was it was a pretty quick turnaround. Uh, my family, my wife and my son came with me until uh, he had to go back to school on, I think it was sometime in the new year, the 8th or whatever that Sunday was. Uh, so they were here for the first little bit, kind of showing them around and kind of giving them the layout of Clinton, Jackson, Madison area. Um, and then once they went home, it's the, the hours in the office ended up being a little bit longer. Glad you did laundry, though, and you're getting in the swing of it. How, how have meetings gone with players and all of that good stuff so far? The first meeting we came back uh, the Sunday night before school started, um, you know, and it, it, we had some couple of different things that they've never done before. We had a seating chart, you know, we had a, a assigned seats for these people. We had some different rules that they've never really had in a team meeting, and you do that for multiple different reasons. But the main thing is is just the discipline and the accountability and the standard that we're going to set. And they understood that before the first meeting even started. Um, and that's something that's really big for this program to do is we just got to make sure that we're setting the standard at a championship standard around here. And they, the first meeting, we talked about all that type of stuff. We talked about, you know, guys, you know, with a coaching change, good or bad, there's going to be change. Um, there's some going to be some guys that may end up moving positions. There's going to be some different things that we implement that y'all have never done before doesn't mean it was good or bad from whatever the time before that was. It's just going to be different. And this is how it's going to be. And here's what the, the championship culture is going to look like in here. And those guys were on the edge of their seats. I had all their attention. Um, guys were just hanging out after the meeting. And a lot of the coaches that, you know, I kept all the GAs from last year. And they say, Coach, we've never had guys just hang out in the building that just wanted to be up here. So that was a great change. They've been uh, – implemented things like breakfast check, which they never had in the past, and we haven't had anybody late for that. The wait sessions have been gone great going in and out of that. So I think the energy in this building is really, really high. Um, you know, I don't know if anybody can play or not. We haven't seen anybody out there yet, but I know that the energy, I know the attitude around this place, the look in these guys' eyes, they're ready for a change, and they're ready, for, they're ready to become champions. It starts with that, the energy and the attitude. And then once you'll hit the field later in the spring, I'm sure you'll have some questions to answer but it'll all work out. Um, in the release that the school had, you said we're going to play a fast, physical, and fun brand of football. I know it was high tempo at Rice. Um, is that what it's going to be? Is, I assume we're going to move away from the triple option, and it's going to be a fast, high-paced offense. Correct? It will. We will. We we would definitely move away from the triple option. Um, that's kind of probably. I guess that was probably the first question in my my meeting with Dr. Thompson, he's like, okay, tell me a little about yourself. And also tell me what kind of offense are you going to run? <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, that, I think that was really important to him. But in today's day and age, you know, these kids, all they do is they play seven on seven. They throw the ball around all day long. You know, a lot of these offenses around here go really fast. Uh, they spread people out and we want to use 53 and a third yards wide and a hundred yards vertical. I mean, that's just what we want to do. Um, so how we do that, you know, we'll probably figure that out game one, but it's, it's going to be a lot different than what it looks like in the past. It's going to be faster. 
Um, the balls are going to be in the air, and they're going to go a little bit deeper than they've gone in the past. And you know, we're, we've got some we've got some good wrinkles. I think that with uh, Coach Williams, my offensive coordinator, um, I trust him to death, and he's been successful everywhere he's been. And the last time we worked together, we transi- transitioned the. Uh, Delta State offense from a double slot option offense to a four vertical passing game, and we ended up two years later the number one offense in the country. Well, between you, me, and the listeners out there, I'm glad that you're not going with the triple option. You know, it had its place in history, but let's move on and throw the ball a little bit. Let's have some fun. We're going to have some fun. These these guys will, uh, they're going to run a lot, um, but. Once the once the points go on the board, they're gonna they're gonna see why this is gonna be a really fun offense. It's it's just fun for players to play in. No doubt. Uh, you talk about Coach Williams. He was one of your initial hires. Him and Gunnar Hudspeth and keeping Miguel Black on staff. Coach Williams has, you know, he has a deep resume. Um, what what was that like in terms of prioritizing getting him on staff? That was priority number one. Was all right if. It, it, Obviously, in the mix of these talks of me getting the job, we we were in to- in conversations. I'm like, all right, well, if this goes down, you know, you're the guy that I want. He's like, well, you know, timing's pre- actually pretty good right now, and well, let you let me know if the, you know how how the conversations go. And so, um, you know, during our interview time, that that was my main conversations. Like, if I get this, you're the guy I want, and you know what, I may have to pay you a little bit more than what some Division two coordinators make, but I don't care because you're the guy that I trust. Um, by me being a first-time head coach, you know I've got to have a guy who's going to run that offense how I want it. But I don't really have the time right now to solely focus on what offense we're going to run. I, you know, I've got scholarship numbers to look at, and compliance people to talk to, and media people to talk to, and all this type of stuff. So it's, you know, I I really wanted to make sure the hire was right and the guy that I felt. 100% confident in doing exactly how it should be done and that was him and that's what we made get we made happen and and he's here and he's he's a bulldog in recruiting he's down on the coast right now just getting stuff done and uh, there's no one else that I know that I wanted to be my offensive coordinator. Well, of course you got to make time for us here at Super Talk, right coach? Uh, Absolutely. Anytime you need me, I you, you know you got me. Um you talk about some of the program changes, the culture changes you're making. We got a few minutes left here. What's it feel like to be back in the Gulf South Conference? I mean, I mean, the hardest conference in Division Two, and where do we go from here? So it's awesome um, getting back to Mississippi because uh, Mississippi was great to me. I, I have I've got great friends here. Uh, we've got great memories in this place. Now I'm going to come a little bit south, you know, and and build those and build those ties here in Jackson Clinton area, um, you know. And we're going to have to we're going to compete against that team up north, and we're we're going to we're gonna, we got to beat that team. We got to make it a rivalry again. And the only way to make that rivalry again is is to have a competitive football team. And that's that's job number one. But the Gulf South Conference, like you said, it's the best Division II conference out there. Um, and you know, you still have it's it's changed obviously with some of the teams leaving and some of the teams moving up. But you still have the about off the states. You still have the West Alabamas, the Delta States. Um, you know, now obviously now you add West Florida, who wasn't there when when I was there in the past. And I mean, those are the main schools. And obviously, you got the ones that are out east as well. But uh, those are the main ones you got to battle against. And those are the guys you have to have your you got to win your recruiting battles against. And that's you know that's our plan is to go out, come out there and make Miss, make Mississippi College viable in recruiting again. Where when a kid has Delta State, West Alabama, and West Florida. Oh, actually, all of a sudden now they got they got Mississippi College, and hey, Mississippi College won that battle. That that hasn't happened in probably ever. And so, uh, 
that's the plan. We're we're not just going to win in the fall. We're we're planning on winning right now, and we're planning on winning the recruiting. And, and we've got some of those guys out there right now that have all of those offers. But you know what? By signing day, we're, we're hoping to sign some of those guys that haven't signed here in the past. Yeah, and I've already seen you've been bringing in some guys from JUCOs, uh, linebacker from Southern Miss. Looks like it's going well. I, I just can't. I know you got nine games between then and now, but I cannot wait for the Heritage Bell Classics to come. Uh, it's going to be great, man. And before I let you go, I just got to say, you know, when I was reading over the article about your announcement, I noticed that uh, there's one attribute that not many football coaches have, and that's that you left the game of football for a short time, went into a completely different realm, insurance, succeeded at the highest level. And I respect anybody who succeeds um, in multiple different realms. Tell me a little bit more more about that. So it's, you know, I don't have the the normal path of a football coach where they kind of GA, then they get another job and keep going. And I did leave for, and actually longer than a short period of time, I was gone for 10 years. Oh. Um, and it was, it was one of those where, you know, you, you're, you're, you kind of question whether you're not, you're ever going to get back in. Um, and that, you know, the timing worked out great when coach Bloomer got the job at Rice. Uh, I had a successful insurance company at the time, but Every day, it's just in the back of your mind, hey, I really want to get back into coaching. I miss coaching. I miss affecting kids' lives. Um, and that's why you do it. But you're just like, I don't know if, if ever it'll work back out to get back in the game. And it, it did. Um, the stars aligned right. Coach Bloomer got the job at Rice. Um, he had talked to me, and he's like, hey, was this something you ever wanted to do? And we had talked actually the year before, sitting down in the beach of Florida. He's like, man, I think this is something I want to do is get back into coaching. And he told me he was about to take another take a head coaching job probably this next year, and he wanted me on his staff. I sold my insurance agency, went down to Rice, and volunteered for the first year and worked the running backs and, and special teams. And then uh, the wide receiver job came open. I interviewed it just interviewed for it just like anybody else, and I got the job. And it was a successful five years coaching receivers. We had all conference guys every year, and uh, it just it just worked out well. And I think the the business world really helps me, especially in the D2 world where it's all about scholarship numbers. It's all about finances. It's all about, you know, making sure the budgets match up. And I think that really helps me doing what I'm trying to do right now and be the CEO of this, this, uh, of this organization. I hadn't even thought about it like that. That's a great point. Cause when you are head coach, you are practically CEO. Glad to have you on coach. What do you tell MC fans to look forward to? Man, I hope you, I hope they're excited. Um, I've talked to a lot of alumni already, uh, trying to get the excitement here. Try to get the try to get the MC uh, people back. Right? Try to get the old Choctaw alumni back to the program. Uh, get them excited. Get them where they're proud of their program again. Um, and that's what we're going to try to do on and off the field. But they, I hope they always know they're always welcome in our building. They can call me anytime. I'll come out to any event they need me to. I'm here for them. And uh, man, I think we're ready to roll, and we can we can get this thing flipped around and win some football games around here. We're excited as well, Coach. Thanks for coming on the show. Appreciate that. Go Chalked Out. All right. Well, that was Mike Kershaw, new head coach, football coach at Mississippi College. And from both of those interviews, I'd say that Millsaps and Mississippi College are in good hands. We spoke to C.J. Nightingale a couple weeks ago, the new head coach at Bellhaven. Seems like they're also in good hands. As of now, I can confidently say that I think our D2 slash D3 schools, exempting Delta State, went three for three in coaching hires this offseason. 
So props to all the administrators who made that happen. Now, one story that's really been a whirlwind across the state is this whole ordeal with the Mississippi University for Women. Great school over there in Columbus. And we know for a couple years now, at least since 2022, is when the name change conversations officialized. Um, We've been having conversations about when they might change the name a lot longer than that. But that's when they really got the ball rolling. And we've talked about it here on the show in the past. They put out a survey, got some reviews back, got some suggestions back from alumni, students, faculty, and then they kept meeting as a name force task. I believe that's what they've been calling it. And they came out with a, I guess, gung-ho is the right word, a gung-ho, overzealous announcement a couple weeks ago that they were going to change to Mississippi Brightwell University. Now, when I saw that announcement, I thought, huh, Brightwell, what does that mean? That wasn't even mentioned in the survey that people got to vote on. The top vote getters were the University of Northern Mississippi and Callaway State University, the latter being an ode to the school's founder, Brightwell. Where did that come from? They explained that it is homage to the school motto. Okay, we'll see how this plays out. I kid you not, within minutes of the announcement, the firestorm, the uproar, whatever noun you want to use, happened. Happened all over social media, happened to every, not every, but most people that I spoke to that were familiar with the situation Not very positive reviews for Mississippi Brightwell University. There were a couple reasons why, but the general consensus was that nobody had an issue with them changing the name. I mean, they've been co-educational for 41 years. Uh, One in five students on campus in Columbus are male. They have a full slate of men's sports teams. Uh, Nobody had an issue with changing the name, more so the issue was everybody just thought it was a poor name choice. Mississippi Brightwell. Some said it was controversial. Some said there was a controversial definition of Brightwell out there on Urban Dictionary. You can look it up. Not going to share it here on the radio. But overall, just everybody thought it was not a good name. At least most people thought. And the administration saw them and heard them and listened. Props to them for doing that. Um, Dr. Nora Miller, the president, was on with my brother in broadcast, Paul Gallo, a few weeks, I'm sorry, just this past week. Time is running together. I tell you what, it feels like a slow yet fast month. But uh, President Miller was on with Gallo, and she honestly, she displayed genuine candor that was refreshing, Really refreshing to see from a university leader. And she said that we're going to push Brightwell aside for the time being. She's called the school's naming task force back together and told them to come up with a handful of other options and go from there. Well, the latest revelation, according to WTVA, and I'll share this update on my Twitter slash X at JT Mitchell Radio is that now between January 26th and January 29th, so, I mean, that is 
beginning tomorrow, people will have a chance, students, faculty, staff, and alumni, that is, will have a chance to vote on a new name as they're trying to meet a deadline. You have to remember that Mississippi University for Women is a historical institution, first government-funded university for only women in U.S. history. Of course, they came around, became co-ed after the whole Supreme Court deal, but they're on a deadline um, because they are a public university. That means any name change will have to go through the legislature. It'd be the same thing if the University of Mississippi or Mississippi State or Southern Miss try to change their name. You got to go through the lawmakers and the session is in full force, which means February 14th is the deadline for bills to be drafted. I think it's February 16th is the deadline for bills to be introduced. And so by the 14th, President Miller and company have to come up with a new name, submit it. Lawmakers have to sign off on it in both chambers, go to the governor, he'll sign it. And then by July 1, they can move forward with the rebranding. So tight deadline. Um, I do think it was a misstep in just coming out full force and saying, we're going to be Brightwell. However, I think it was two steps in the right direction of admitting your mistake and then two, trying to fix your mistake. That's great. So now they're going to have to try to do that. Miller did explain why some of the submitted names or names they originally entertained were not used. For example, uh, Northern Mississippi and Callaway State were ousted because, quote, we set some parameters for a new name, one that we heard loud and clear from our alumni and faculty. They did not want a regional or geographical name. The feeling was uh, just that didn't capture the unique abilities of our university. Then we decided no historic names or surnames just because that's dangerous these days. You don't know going back a few generations what may have happened or what 50 years from now may totally be acceptable, now won't be 50 years in the future. I get those. I really do. But if you find an alumni, a very notable alumni, who, as far as I know, has a pretty clean track record, and her last name starts with the same letter that your nickname, the W, also stands for. Hint, hint. There might be a good one out there. But she she did kind of shut down the idea of Welty University after the late, great Eudora Welty um, for the same reason as I get it. You don't know what somebody or what somebody's family members have done over the course of history. You don't want something to be dug up by a hungry journalist or a hungry critic for that matter. Just somebody out there who wants to tarnish the name. I get it. Wants to find a way to bring down the university. I get it. Um, we'll see, though. I'm very interested to see what names are on tomorrow's survey and what they end up going with. Every lawmaker that that we've spoken to has virtually said, they said, yeah, we're going to sign off on it if the W community just agrees. You know, if you feel like there is universal support from alumni, staff, students, they're going to sign off on it. Everybody thinks there should be a new name. And... This is a sports show, but that is kind of a, a state storyline. I've seen it on some national outlets that really has seeped into our show's content. In terms of the athletic side of it all, the name change will be great for men's sports. To put it bluntly, it's hard to recruit 
male athletes to a school where their diploma says University for Women. Not easy. But I think with a new name, and especially if it's a name that's creative, has some swagger to it, has a ring to it, I think it's going to be a lot easier to recruit kids on the men's side to the W. And we had Jennifer Claybrook, the athletic director, on uh, last fall sometime. may have been in August, but we were talking about the name change, and she definitely seemed to agree that it will open more doors. Play that clip. For me, the name change will just be about outwardly showing that we do empower, that we are inclusive, that we are forward-thinking, that we do we appreciate the tradition. I think it will open more doors for us. I, I truly believe it opens more doors for us, and more people will see what a gift the W is. So that's that. That's the political slash sports story that I'll do for the day because a lot of people are talking about it. I've had people ask me over dinner, hey, what do you know about this whole Brightwell thing? And I tell them what I know. I point them to the articles I've written, um, the interviews I've given, and we'll see. That's about it. It's just a matter of timing and what name. I think if they do get a name that people can get behind, it will be done like that inside the Capitol building a few miles from where I currently sit. They just got to get it done by February 14th. So Valentine's Day. Huh. How about that? You know, it it is always a joy joining you guys on a weekly basis to talk D2 and D3 sports. We're the only outlet in the state that does that on a consistent basis. And that's why we're glad you join us week in and week out. I'm your host, JT Mitchell. If you missed this episode or want to hear the whole thing, just caught a part or want to listen to previous episodes, Spotify, Apple Music, you got it. Anywhere on the internet, you can find it, especially at supertalk.fm. And with that, I'll catch you next week. Running a business is tough. If you're struggling with HR benefits and payroll, you're not alone. Many businesses just don't have the resources to keep up. That's where MWG Employer Services comes in. We provide a full range of employer services with everything from payroll to benefits to HR services and compliance and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. We're a Mississippi-based company that can help you focus on what you do best, growing your business. Call MWG Employer Services today at 601-206-7966 or go to MWG Employer Services A Super Talk Mississippi media production.